Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 557. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, coming to you from Merritt, British Columbia. It's official. The 2023 CFL season is over. It's in the books. It's finalized. It's gone. We had the Grey Cup game this weekend. Montreal Alouettes came out victorious. What a game. What a football game. It was an amazing Amazing game. I mean, oh, we're going to talk about it the entire show. But it was exciting football. It was good football. Uh, you know, so many people said that, oh, well, Winnipeg choked. Winnipeg didn't choke. They got beaten. And pl- plain and simple. And, and it, it was a good football game by both teams. And, yes, there's always going to be somebody not doing – oh, excuse me – doing what they're not supposed to do. And it looks bad. It looks funny. But, hey, you know what? It was it was decent football. Okay, so anyhow, I got nothing really to rant about. There's a ton of things out there that right now, uh, I, going back and forth and the name calling and abuse from the different fan bases going back and forth. You guys, it's just a fucking game, okay? It's just a, the last game and season's over and we get sad and now we got to wait six months before we get football again so we can watch more football. And that's what it's about. We, who cares who wins? Really, it doesn't affect your life. You still have a wife. You still have kids, if you do. And, you know, your mom's okay. Everybody's okay. Everything out there is happening. Like, just calm the fuck down and take a breath and move on to your next day because it didn't affect your job. It didn't affect your mortgage payment. It didn't affect your what car you drive. It didn't affect anything in your life. Calm down and move on. It's just a football game. Just enjoy it. I do. I'm a fan of the CFL foremost before I am a fan of any one particular team. I love the league, okay? That's why this is called Let's Talk CFL Podcast. This is why I started Let's Talk CFL Group. Yes, I started a Let's Talk BC Lions group, but I also started a Let's Talk Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Let's Talk Saskatchewan Rough Riders and Let's Talk Calgary Stampeders. I started all those groups for every team, okay? And it wasn't because, oh, I want to trash this team or that team. I love the league. I have fun. And it's all about engagement for me. It's how can I get everybody from every fan base involved in it? I got to get in your head and get you talking, get you thinking, get you outside of your comfort zone so you'll participate in the groups. That's what I do. And I'm good at it. I'm extremely good at it. And everybody thinks that I hate them. You talk to any Calgary Stampeder fan base, oh, Christopher hates the Stampeders. You talk to the Riders, oh, Christopher hates the Riders. Well, I do, but that's beside the point. Oh, talk to Toronto. Oh, the Argo fans absolutely believe I hate them. It's not true, man. I love this league. I love all the teams. I do, honestly. I don't love the arrogance of the fan bases. Like the Toronto Argonaut fan base were, were absolutely brutal for the last six months three months okay and they caught shut up and they just walked away they, they there's nothing there's nothing from them they're just gone they're silent they they've fallen off the face of the planet 
Bomber fans are still going at it. They're still yapping. They still say, oh, next year we're going to continue the dynasty. Fuck off already. It's not going to happen. Okay, that's my rant. I really didn't want to get into a rant, but I did. Um, phone boards are open. Uh, mics are open. Uh, welcome to the show, William. How are you doing? I am good. I am good. I like that little rant. It was special. You know, the one thing I've discovered this year or this week is it doesn't matter how much people say they don't get jealous. They get jealous because I've watched, I've watched all the comments online against the bombers, against people in Winnipeg, and yeah, some of them deserved it, but yep. majority of but majority of them do not. But people love it when you're on top, and then you get taken down. They absolutely Always. love it. Always. And it's just whenever you get on top of the pile everybody's going to go after you. It's, 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 it's actually hilarious to be honest with you. Cause I watch some it's of like the comments. that in life, no matter where you are. Right. Yes. It is. In, in your yes, business, everybody Absolutely. wants somebody to fail so you can get a promotion in school. You That's always right. wanted this to, to get the highest mark. So you wanted the best person to fail. I mean, it, it's life. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, make it right. I know. But, but no, no, I still know a lot of people who, when you're successful, they're happy for you, okay? Yeah. And they're genuinely happy for you. But there's a lot of people out there who are not. And it's just, it just goes to the how pathetic human beings are. Sorry. Oh, 100%. That's just my thought. So it's kind of funny. I, I agree with you. Actually, but, I was ta- thinking the other day, or actually today, just to, to go further on yeah. your, your conversation there, uh, yeah. is that, you know, we were really happy for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when they won the Grey Cup in 2019. Because they had been like 29 yeah. years without a Grey Cup victory. And we were Absolutely. very, very happy for that, for that organization, for the fan base, for the province in general. Okay? And then they started throwing it, their dominance, they started throwing it in your face. Yep. And, 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 oh, we're the best, we're the strongest, we're the best, we're, we're, we're number one, we're going to do this again. Oh, we've won two in a row. Oh, my God, it's a dynasty. And at that point in time, you actually want them to fail because of their arrogance. Okay? So it's not yep. so much that yep. we're relishing or trying to knock the t- team on the top off. We're just tired of the bullshit. Okay. Yeah. I never uh, saw but, that from Calgary fans during their dominance, and they were dominant for a lot of years. They didn't win a lot of great oh, cups, but the team was dominant. Oh, you didn't. You didn't see it to that level. There was still because I've been doing this for ten years. I've been doing this po- the, yeah. not the podcast, but the groups for longer than ten years, and we never saw that from the Calgary Stampeder fan base. We never saw that from the Montreal fan base when they were when they were up on top. Okay? You didn't see that. Not at the same level, anyways. Not at the same level. I did see it, it, it back in the 80s, 90s with Edmonton because I knew Edmonton fans, and they were dicks. They were re- absolute dicks during their five oh, years. Oh, for years they were. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they earned it. They earned that right by going five straight and I, straight. And, I, and I'm sure... I'm sure maybe Rudy knows this, but I don't know if you guys know this. When you drive down highway number two for years and years and years, 
there is that sign as you enter Edmonton, and it was City of Champions. Okay, that's and that's the correct. Oilers, the Oilers were good, the Eskimos were good, and so on and so forth. But yeah, now it's the city of I don't know what. So it, it, it's not called <laughs> anyway, bragging when you're the best. Well. I think the Oilers, well, gave well, up, the Oilers gave up four goals in three minutes tonight in the first period. And that, yeah, that no, they were later. down five, five one or five nothing or something. It was terrible. <laughs> but but they're but, fight, they were clawing their way back, weren't they? Once again, uh, I went through it in Calgary, where Calgary lost two straight Grey Cups, where they should have won, and then they finally won in the third year. Okay, but. I was at the Grey Cup game in 2019 because it was here in Calgary against Hamilton. And I swear to God, to probably 98% of that, that stadium was, was Winnipeg. Okay, they wanted Winnipeg to win. Okay, because they hadn't won for such a long time. And if oh. you guys remember correctly, Winnipeg was the underdogs in that game. They weren't supposed to yep, win they that were. game. And they, and they did. Hamilton. Hamilton was fifteen and three. Yeah, 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 and they did, and it wasn't and Claire, even close. Yeah. And Clara didn't even know the playbook. Right, and he it was wasn't even close. For a couple of weeks. Yeah, wasn't even it's close. Funny. But yeah, I mean, and and That's, once again, Winnipeg lost that game because they didn't want it as much as Montreal wanted it. Okay, oh, when you 100%. win, when you win. Two Grey Cups in a row. You're, I'm, no matter how you try, how much you try, you're just not as hungry as other teams are. And and that's the other teams, difference. And you know what? Other teams just they, you know what? They don't got to be good for 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 a whole six months. They only got to be good for four or five weeks. And Montreal's been very right. good the last. And I was scared. I even told you guys last week. I said, you know what? They're they're not losing. They're seven and zero. There's something about these teams that win games, and everybody said, oh, Toronto played so bad. No one gave Montreal any credit. Well, holy shit, they caused turnovers because their defense is ferocious. And, like, even that pick, we'll talk about, that was a good interception off Calaris. We thought that well, was a touchdown. And, 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 and who the fuck ever thought Cody Fajardo would come out and play <laughs> as well Throwing. as he did? And, and, he was- and sorry... His receivers made up for a lot of those passes. Okay, they he, made some spectacular catches. Wow. He threw. Yeah. He threw some dimes. So, he threw some really. He threw yes, some. I never did. seen him throw that many good passes okay, in I, my life. Okay, guys, mm-hmm. we're no. going to go on for two hours here. Let's hit, okay. Charles. Yes, we are. Introduce the panel here. Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. <laughs> Hello. I feel like we're already like halfway through the show already. The way we've gotten on, but that's okay. <laughs> We're going to talk football. That's what we're going to do. I mm-hmm. just want to make sure everybody yep. gets Ru- – Rudy's been babbling there for a while, so he, he's kind of, like, introduced already. But, uh, yeah, uh, it was a great game. I mean, I'm happy for it. I mean, it, 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 it was – It was. You know, and, and the, the broadcast in America wasn't available, was it? I mean, I, there was – there was a lot of things where CBS wasn't carrying it, and then CBS was carrying it, and the CFL was streaming it. Whatever. I, I just wish every American got the opportunity to see that game because it was a stellar game. And it, it was would excellent. So, so much for our, 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 our visibility, our, our profile down in the U.S., and that's really what we need. We need to raise that up. 
fuck off Atlantic Canada and let's go to United States. And we're going to talk about that over the, the, the break, I'm sure, past the break. But right now we're going to talk and, and about let, let me say Let me say one more thing. I have been down... I have been down on the CFL all season long because the season wasn't very good, but that game reinvigorated me completely because that's the reason we watched the CFL. It was fantastic. Well, I honestly believe all all three, the last three playoff games were really good. Okay. The BC Winnipeg game was good. It was a good game. I'm not happy with the results, but you know, somebody has to lose. And the Toronto-Montreal mm-hmm. game, who the hell would have expected that? That was a great game. Yeah. I mean, with a blowout, but it was a blowout by the underdog, which... Yeah. yeah and, and, then the, and then we had the Grey Cup. Awesome. I mean, the, the Montreal-Hamilton game was nothing special. The BC-Calgary game was nothing special. Those were both pretty one-sided. But the last yeah. three games were spectacular for this league. I, I don't I, I, I Will, I, I'm I'm very pleased that you're invigorated with the, the league. Yeah, because no, you're was, so passionate about this league and it means so much to I, you. I, I'm glad I, that it didn't I, go, I, go sideways on you. I was just I was just amazed at that game because if you think about that game, it was back and forth, and when and I thought to myself when Winnipeg. Did the goal line stand just before the sec- just before halftime? I figured it was over. It was over for Montreal, but they yeah. didn't give a shit. They didn't no. give a shit. They just no. came out and played another second half. So next play, next play. Yep. What happened before is yep. no concern of ours. Yep. And, yep. and, and, and you know what, true, man? It was just. Go ahead. And if I'm if I'm if I'm Sean Lemon, I'm thanking Calgary and BC for not fucking keeping me. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So and 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 you could tell at the end of the game how much it meant to those guys because I've never seen yeah. so many grown men crying like babies. Okay. So, yeah, I noticed that too. Like everybody was crying. Yep. Oh yeah, but they people. were they were all yelling and screaming at Nathan Rourke, the twenty three year old kid, for crying at the when PC got eliminated. Well, that was Winnipeg. Different people. cry, different cry. No, it's, it's, it's emotion. Whether it's yeah. happy emotion but or anyways. sad emotion, emotion. Yeah. And 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 yeah. you know it's it's not something that usually. You, you, I you mean, I'm, I'm just a, I I'm not happy that it was. Danny Machocho and Cody Fajardo, but I am happy that it was Sean Lemon and William yep. Standback because he's been in Montreal forever, giving it all, and he's never gotten oh, close. Sankey went in two so, championships in one season. Yeah, yeah. So hey, it's uh, you know it's pretty it, cool. You you got to think about something because at the beginning of the season. I, I think we can go look it up somewhere. I'm sure I got it in my drawer, but we all picked Montreal to be at the bottom of the league. It was either Montreal or Saskatchewan down to the bottom. I mean, we came into the season, Montreal didn't have an owner. They went through free agency with no money. They signed – their guys walked. They had nobody. They took the only yep. available quarterback that was left 
in the CFL mm-hmm. who was thinking about retiring because nobody wanted him. Okay. They, they, they got the low end quarterback. They got the low end coach. They got the dregs of free agency. And you got to hand it to Danny Machosha for building a great cup winning team out of that. They yep. turned that franchise around and became dominant in the last eight weeks of the season. They went eight and oh. Nobody, nobody expected that at the beginning of the season. I, right. I don't give a shit. Not even Montreal fans expected that. Well, many I've, people, many people, not just us, but many of like the experts in the pregame, in the preseason rankings, were thinking that uh, Montreal was going to finish dead last. Yeah. There were yep. a lot of people picking that, if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, I mean Montreal had nothing. They they were nothing at the beginning of the season, right? I mean they had Cody Fajardo, and I mean like seriously, they, we've they all almost, seen him, and he, he's nothing. He offers nothing. This was the best game of his career, and not by a little bit. Okay, this was huge. I I still stand by my comment that he's not a starting quarterback in the CFL, but he's a great cup winning quarterback. I still Marcus I don't think Crandall, he could, baby. I don't think he could do this next year. Marcus Crandall, baby. Well, I know. I, I know what you're saying. If he gets if he gets back on time to throw the football, he, he can be good. I mean he had all day to throw the football. Winnipeg Winnipeg's defense didn't get to him. Only once once or twice they got to him, so So who knows? But yeah, yeah. But I have I have full confidence in Cody that this is going to go to his head in the off season, and he's oh, going to fucking suck next year, and he's going to yeah, suck next year. Okay, so you wait. Yeah, but we're see. just going to see the normal Cody come back. Yeah, I mean, a tiger can only hide its stripes for so long. I mean, and that we know correct. Cody Fajardo is not a quality quarterback. We've never seen him be a quality quarterback except for one game. One game. Even um, yeah. you think back when uh, Ottawa beat Calgary in the Grey Cup, Henry Burst never played that good. At, that was his best game of his career. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bad Henry games. And then all of a sudden, oh. you know, the biggest game just showed up and threw for a whole bunch of years. And that doesn't matter whether he was in Calgary or in Ottawa. He, he did the same thing, right? He was in Hamilton and Saskatchewan as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think uh, I just think the favorites, maybe, I don't know if the season, I don't know what it is, but the favorites, like, I mean, the last seven great cups, uh, there's been five upsets. So are we even going to classify what's an upset at this point when <laughs> – when when it's the norm, it's actually more than the norm. It's it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a, like it's getting kind of. I don't say it's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing for the league that you don't know it's complete coin flip, but I don't know if you can call anything an upset anymore in, in, in the Great Cup, <laughs> unless like a five and thirteen team wins. But I think if you have eleven wins, ten wins, I there's not much between the teams at at this point in November. I think the teams even out as the season goes along. Right, like first half of the season, what does that matter? Montreal was—they didn't even—they weren't even sure they were going to have a franchise 
at the start of the year. Took them three or four months to get things going, and you know they caught fire at the right time. But they did. I mean, eighteen game yep. season, they they won the last seven. Right. Yeah, and the other thing, I, I think that's pretty impressive. Them. Yeah, but I think you overlooked the one thing about Montreal's win against Hamilton. Is Hamilton was kind of had momentum; they were playing well, and uh, we kind of thought Hamilton might win that that East semi. But the way Montreal kind of dominated them, it's it, that should have been a warning sign to everyone that hey, this Montreal team isn't you know they're they're for real. They're they're playing good football, and uh, they just shut down. I know Hamilton didn't okay. have a great quarterback, but. Go, go back and look at that Hamilton game and go back and look at that Toronto game. Not either, Neither one of those showed a dominantly offensive Montreal Alouette team. No. No. They didn't. Well, okay. they, I mean, they got, yeah. Cody, Cody had nine turnovers in the Toronto game given to him, and he, he threw for 175 yards and one touchdown and one interception. That's not even mediocre. That's pathetic. Well, that's okay. my one my one shock is that he took the ball well four times and he marched it down the field and scored touchdowns in the Bombers with ease. Like the Bombers secondary, like on those four touchdown drives, there was it was almost like not not no non contested. It was like an exhibition game where I like I don't know where what Winnipeg secondary was doing or when they or he caught them blitzing at the wrong time, but it was uh, it was a bit shocking. It was scary. it was worrisome. Because the Bombers are lucky to be up at halftime. Yeah, me. I mean, I I saw an interview by uh, on Adam Big Hill, and because people were were bitching at him for blowing pass coverage. Yeah. And he says, "I'm not. I'm a linebacker. I'm not in pass coverage. I'm back there get, helping out because mm-hmm. we needed it. They were tearing yeah, us apart. Yeah. And who, so they, they must have caught something on the film. I guess they must have they must have found something and with Winnipeg's coverage because I was not worried about our pass coverage. I thought there's no way these receivers are gonna be able to get open. Like I go, who are the Montreal receivers? And they did to nobody. And they were open and wide open. Like I mean they were marching down mm-hmm. the field. I mean it was I mean the 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 game winning touchdown that was a good pass. Like that was I, there was actually decent coverage there, but it was right on the that line. was a great pass. But then again, you know, how you get, you know. The soon, but, as you know soon what? as I saw that, as soon as I saw that pass, I text Corey Philpot and said, congratulations to your son. He did, it, That was amazing. But he, he responded. But it, it was kind of funny. I mean, the game wasn't even over. No. Nope. Uh, why is Winnipeg blitzing there? Like, why is there only single coverage down there? I thought that was strange, coverage. too. Force in the kick a field goal and get it, get it. Then you, I'll, I'll take even now. I'll take uh, Colaris against Fiardo in overtime. I'm sorry, I don't know how it might not have worked out because Montreal looks like they're a team of destiny. But I mean, get the tie and then go to overtime. So I don't know why we're it, it again, worked in BC. You know well, but this is not and we were in, and then you, you gave up that run like it was second and sixteen. And you give up that their second and their first and twenty or second and I don't know what it was second and twenty and they gave up a fifteen yard scramble by mm-hmm. Fiardo. That was that hurt, but uh, yeah. Uh, 
they were not going to lose Montreal. They just kept on coming. Even if Winnipeg gets... You're saying even if Winnipeg gets a sack there, they're still going to be in field goal range. So the sack really doesn't help you that yeah. much. Yeah, I agree. Well, it yeah. does if you're, you're rushing the ball. They wanted the down to go away. But I, yeah, I, I was yeah. half expecting Montreal to do one of those little short punts. Um, well, that wouldn't help me a little bit of time. I, I think Winnipeg was expecting it as well, and that's why it didn't happen. Yeah, there they would have done. I don't think they'd have done it there because it was, the time was quite the time was. was it, hey, Rudy, was there was down. a bright. There was a bright spot for Winnipeg. What was that? Their kicker was their kicker was pretty good in that game. He didn't miss. He was money in the great cup. <laughs> well, their puncher was. It. Well, no, he sucked, but. Because yeah, he hasn't missed a after in two great cup games, so he hasn't. He's not the problem. But uh, you know, is it one thing is disappointing that two years in a row that the Bombers' vaunted defense had the opposing team at in their half of the field with minutes yeah. remaining in the game, and they gave up a drive. Like, I mean, honestly, you can't. I mean, at this, someone's gonna make a play. Someone has to pick a ball off, and nobody did. You know what I mean? So. I think if you're going to ask me, Bomber's offense was fine in this game. I mean, you mm-hmm. had the fumble, you had the pick, but so Montreal mm-hmm. had a few turnovers. That equaled out. Um, uh, Claris moved the ball all game long. So, I mean, but at the end he, of the day, you have he to. He didn't move. play, he wasn't playing the Claris football that we have seen in the past. You can yeah. see that the, the years are catching up to him. I think he's, right? he's not as fast. You know, no, you know what it is? He can't move to his legs won't let him extend plays anymore, right? So he's more of a pocket passer. And, exactly, he's, and, he's and, a different passer now. And did you notice that? I mean, even last year's Grey Cup, he got sacked five times. He got sacked four times or four or five times on Sunday. So like either and I don't know. There's a few O linemen on the Bombers. They gonna they have to retire. Maybe they should have retired two years ago. They're so yep. slow. Like and on that. You know, there was a play in the fourth quarter where they could have got a first down and probably won the game, and he rolled out to his left, and and there was no the pocket to collapse. So there was I mean, no I don't pocket. Fault that is. Well, I mean, I guess that's that's on the O line for collapsing, right? Or yeah. if no one was open, I don't know. But they, that play was yikes. Give the ball to Olivier there, but no. It's, uh, Montreal made the plays when you have to, and you know what? It's one of those. It's a one game shot. Right, and teams can smell blood. In a one-game shot, you, you smell blood. It doesn't matter what your record is. So, Montreal was hungrier. Montreal. Yeah, but I agree with you. Next year, Montreal will be a 500 team, 10 and 8. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we'll get back into the Ray Cup. It's the East, so it's not like you have to do much. No, it, it. I don't see that they're not that good of a team, although they were. You know what I mean? I mean they, all, they, they all yeah. stepped up and did what they were supposed to do. Well, look at the 2001 Stamps. They won the Grey Cup. And then 2000, 2002, I think they won like five games. They were Marcus Grandel. Yep. Yeah. Well, but guess who's coming back to CFL next year? I hear that uh, the law firm. Look Bethel Thompson. Where's he going to go? Not Toronto. No. Mm. Ottawa? 
Hamilton? In Ottawa. Hamilton, want Saskatchewan? He's going to want 500000 though. Ottawa won't pay him that. They should. Why not? But they won't. Yeah, they will. Right. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe Saskatchewan. No, no bad words. Go to sleep now. No, he oh, sorry. I got mute. <laughs> It's okay. It's entertaining. Oh, what's the what's the bad word? What's the bad word? I don't know. I, I missed that one. Uh, I'm more interested in that now. So so hey, uh, Charles, did you ever figure yeah. out what the donut boys are? No, I I don't know what the hell that was. I, I'm still trying to figure that out. I asked. And Sorry, they, guys. There was no answer, so I don't know what the hell the donut boys are. Uh, that's weird. Who's got it made no sense. Boy? I don't know. I don't know. It's another bomber fan, Mark Weddle, who is uh, on the yeah. show for quite a uh, time. He's going off about BC Lions and the Donut Boys, and I don't know what that means. I know. I'm not sure. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> I don't know. I can't help you out. I really don't know. All they know is I was warning Bomber fans all week that were too cocky. Not all of them. I said, first oh, of all, you think? The CFL. I, 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 said, I, said, I said, first of all, it's the CFL. So that right there, should, you should shut up. And, you can, uh, and I always played sports. Like, why am I going to beat before the game? And then when it goes bad, then I'm just going to be hearing about it for the next, you know. So, like, talk after the game. Talk all you want after the game. But Yeah. And, you know, and I'm seeing your- po- I'm, I'm seeing posts like, oh, we're going to be down. I'll be down at the celebrations downtown and blah, blah, blah. You haven't won yet. No. What are you talking See, like that for, you cocky bugger? Yeah. It's like it reminds me of like the 86 Red Sox when they had the, yeah. uh, the, 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 they had the trophy in there. They had the World Series trophy in there. I never forgot that. They had the World Series trophy in their locker room, champagne. I think they had the hats almost on. They were already celebrating in the clubhouse. And then the ball goes through Bill Buckner's legs, and that changed yeah. that in a real hurry. Yeah, I mean stuff like that. I just, I, that's, I, I guess I'm more of the old school. Uh, like, you know what? Finish, finish the job first, and then, uh, and then uh-huh. go have your fun, right? Yeah. But I mean, every fan base gets excited. Every fan base uh-huh. has a few idiots that that kind of ruin it for the sane individuals. <laughs> There's nothing the matter with trash talking before a game. As long well, as it's respectful, right? It, it, it is what we do. I mean, it's fun. After the game, that's gloating, okay? You can talk about how wonderful you are, but you can't talk about how bad your other your opponent was. No, but we okay? can do no, I And that's, that. that's what the Bomber fans did. They were, constant, they were more focused on the team that they beat than the team that they had to play. It was, you know, it was more, it was more Winnipeg Saskatchewan. That's a different that's a different bottle of ball of wax. That's the biggest rivalry in the NFL. And then so that's like a that's got nothing to do with that. it. We're talking about a week ago, Rudy, when after Winnipeg defeated BC, all we heard about was the trashing of the BC Lions, and not focusing well, on don't, the, the Montreal Alouettes. There, and that's got nothing to do with the team because they they were no hold on for the fan base. There's a few BC fans that after BC hammered Winnipeg and Winnipeg 30-6 to six had a lot of fun at, at, at our expense. So, you know what? Oh, that's where... once, one game out of how, the last four years okay. that the Bomber fans have been putting up with, 
I'm sorry, but, you're not going to win this one. But what I'm saying is, it takes a few fans on either side. They get, and then so BC fans start. A few BC fans. Uh, I think that guy's been banned from our site. But you know what? He he's tearing into Bomber fans and blah blah blah. So then Bomber fans are, of course, gonna gonna, you know, they're gonna respond, and it just goes back and forth. But so. once the game is over, you, le- you you thank your opponent for a good game, and you move on. You don't yeah. go back and but, start trashing them. And uh, that's, where, an that, opponent, that's where you don't understand that, Rudy. You have that problem no, as well. You can't let no, go of the game that it's just happened. If there's a point, no, if someone's talking shit before the game, you know, by all means, they're a fair game after. If you're going to say no, how not. you're going to kick the shit out of us. No, they're if, not. If, you if, leave them alone. Sure you be respectful. Fan, you take the high road and you move on to your next opponent. That's what you don't understand. You I'm drag right yourself now, down fan. to the gutter. You drag yourself back into the gutter and argue with them. That's that's fucking childish. Move what on. They do is, no, they yap all year. Yap all year. It's rider fans that yap all year. Yap or whatever. And then you know what? When then you're going to not. No, you have to be accountable. If you're going to talk shit. You're accountable for after. That's that's the way. No, you're it, not. You let it go well, because you're. You're talking about what you want to happen and how things are going to be and yada, yada, yada. You don't, you let it go. I didn't go, to, I didn't go trashing Todd Mogi because of his stupid dynasty post. I didn't do that. Okay, but, okay, I took but, there's, okay, but there's some posts that are obviously just, uh, just a, a parody. That's, he's obviously not serious. There's some guys that are. Todd's not. He's just having fun. So I mean, because he just likes to get people this dynasty talk. I I always I always laughed at it. I never took it serious. Even through the one, I still wouldn't. I mean, you were in the minority. Matter. I'm like dynasty. Who cares? It doesn't even like affect your life. So who cares? It's a dynasty. Like it doesn't matter. But I've been saying is there's fan, there's fans on both sides. There's, there's a small minority of fans on every. In every fan base, that William, William, jump into this here somewhere. What have you got to say on this subject? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? I've always and I and, and you guys know me. I've never I've never been really vocal when Calgary was playing well. I mean, I had my I had my I had my favorite players that me and you used to always argue about. But yep. we're all old enough to realize that what goes up must come down, and you better you better watch what you say because you're going to lose eventually. Okay, it's that simple. So yeah, it, and it's, you know, it's not going to be pretty. It's it's way better to be humble. Okay. Yeah, because as you okay. walk off and point to the scoreboard, that's the best uh, way. That's have- the best way to. After 29 years, after 29 years, and Swaggerville, you would think yep. the Bomber fans would be humble. They got a well, little bit of success in 2019, and they lost their fucking minds. And I heard for two seasons, I heard for two seasons straight how Calgary is always choking, and thank God that title's gone to a different team now all of a sudden, okay? 
because and until well, I don't un- know. I mean, until, how, uh, different until Winnipeg until Winnipeg wins again, they're going to be known as the Chokers. Okay, I I don't know. They're two and two in this round. Calgary is Calgary is one and two, and they should have won a lot more. <laughs> well, does it matter? <laughs> one game is going to make a difference, really. Okay, wow. but that's what this is. This is exactly what Christopher's talking about, okay? Yeah, exactly. That's what he's talking about. So I mean, I can tell the difference. But that's okay. Well, here's the difference. Winnipeg, like like Christopher said at the start of the game, Winnipeg didn't choke in this game. There was no fumble that got returned 110 yards in waning minutes. There wasn't an interception in the end zone. It was a great play by Seattle, a good throw that beat beat the Bombers. It was, what are you going to do? Like, Fiardo, a great scramble and a great throw. You know what? You've got to tip your hat. You know, give him – I can't even say, like, it's tough. But, when, I mean, Montreal outplayed the Bombers. Okay. And it was uh, – Toronto Argonauts choked. Okay. Yeah. When you turn over the ball nine times – when you have been the best team in the CFL the entire season at protecting the football and you turn it over nine times in one game, that's choking. Okay? The Grey Cup game, Montreal just kicked the shit out of Winnipeg. Plain and simple. They beat them. And, and you can't deny that. Montreal, uh, uh, sorry, Winnipeg did not play a bad game of football. They just didn't play a good enough game. There were a few hits in the third quarter. Montreal was better. There was Montreal a few hits better. in the third quarter. Yeah. I, I was going to say there was a few hits in the third quarter that I said this is, reminds me of 2019, but it was the Bombers that delivered the big hits to Hamilton. And there was two hits, I think like four or five plays apart. And I'm like, oh, boy, that's – when a team's hitting like that, they're they're just on a different level emotionally. We watched Oliveira get hit by a yeah. wall. And moved, yeah. it bounced backwards. He literally yeah. bounced backwards off. Yeah, the he guy. got hammered. I remember on one play he where he just got crushed. crushed. Oh yeah, and he had a good game except for that fumble. That that fumble hurt too. People forget about that. That took that took points off the board as well. That was going to be minimum a field goal. So there's, but but but. Okay, now you've got to look at it from another perspective. Was that a bad play by Winnipeg, or was that a good defensive play by Montreal? You know what? He really did rip that ball out. Like it was one of he those did. ones where probably it was I a think defensive if had, if, play. In, in hindsight, he probably said I should have went down a little bit sooner after I got the first down. But that's easier said than than done, right? And it was a yeah. Montreal just tell Dominic Rhymes that. But I mean, Montreal does the. I mean, Montreal like all those turnovers against Toronto. Some of them were Chad Kelly's fault, but some of them were Montreal just going to get that ball like they did against Winnipeg. I mean, that interception was amazing. Like, it's like Calaris in the radio, he goes, you know what, I probably shouldn't have thrown that ball, but then he goes, I probably would, then by the end of the interview, he goes, I'd probably throw that ball up again because it looked like it was a sure touchdown, and that guy came out of nowhere and made a good pick. Like yeah. that's, uh, it, it was that's a great play. defensive play. Yeah. Oh, it was a good I mean, game. Uh, what, what did the uh, Argos turn the ball over four times on downs? Yeah. That's defense. That, that, that's absolute yeah. defense. 
and, yep. and see, and that's what and that's what people were not like. People that were just going to say, "Oh, the Bombers are going to win easily." They weren't watching what Montreal was doing to Toronto. Like there wasn't like Montreal was in the backfield. They were they were getting after uh, Toronto, and that's why Kelly was flustered. He he didn't didn't realize this was coming. He had no idea. He he hadn't faced a game like that all season. Yeah, but but that being said, Toronto was. N- quality of a football team the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were. I don't give a shit what Argo fans want to I say. I agree. I don't give a shit about a 16-2 and two record. Argos were nothing in comparison to quality of team that Winnipeg Blue Bombers were. Okay? If, Win- if Toronto had gone to the Grey Cup, it would have been worse. Bombers would have been had their third victory, and it would have been a messy game. Because Argos are just not that good of a team. Chad Kelly's yeah. not that good of a quarterback. I'm, I'm sorry, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've been saying this all year, and I'm not, I'm gonna continue to say it because I honestly believe it to the bottom of my heart. Toronto took advantage of a bad schedule and a weak division and a, and a weak Western division, and ended up with a phenomenal record. Well, I mean, they year, only yeah. had to play 500 teams once. Each. Yeah. Well, we'll see next year. Hopefully, uh, that'll get straightened out with the schedule being uh, back to uh, two and two. Yeah. Home and home. You know, and and the schedule can be all it is, but bottom line, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is make the playoffs, and you have a chance. It's that simple. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. The record doesn't mean anything. Well, I mean, the record means the quality no, no. of your team. Okay, what let's was, just say facts. Calgary was, and Hamilton really didn't have much of a chance. What was uh, what was Montreal's record at the end of the year? Eleven and seven. Eleven and seven. So they weren't terrible. No, they weren't terrible, but they also played lots of Eastern teams. Okay, they did. Well, no, they seven, no. Hang 11. on. They they played a lot of weak Western teams too. Because they yeah, lost seven games and, to BC, Toronto, and, and Winnipeg. I mean, they were they were eleven and seven, and they beat a sixteen and two and a fifteen and three team to win the Grey Cup. Yes. So records don't mean a whole heck of a lot. Well, pretty simple. Well, just ask Marcus Crandall. There you go. <laughs> Eight and ten. This time, the bombers. This eight time, ten. the bombers weren't drunk. The bombers weren't drunk in this game. Okay, they were sober. So, but they were oh, old. The team was old. At times, he looked old. Energy level. Montreal had way more energy. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Winnipeg, in the fourth quarter. Winnipeg was relying on their, you know, veteran savvy to to make plays, and and that worked for a bit, but. Montreal's energy just took over, and they could smell it. When they made it 17-14, right, right out in the first half, in, in the second half, when they just ripped down the field there, that was that was concerning. I'm like, what what's going on? They can't have that. But they they just stuffed it down Winnipeg's throat. So. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Let's – uh, that was a good game. I enjoyed it. And hey, you know what? Toronto's got something to be proud of because they won 
more or less all the awards, right? So, hey, good on Toronto. You don't get the big prize, but you get the booby prize. Yeah. And and honestly, it was the – sports reporters are not the brightest people out there. I've got to say this because they really don't pay attention to the games. I don't even know if they even watch the games. All they do is look at the final results and say Toronto must have the best team because they're 16-2. and two. So they have to have the best receivers, and they have to have the best rookie, and they have to have the best special teams because they're 16-2. and two. You, can't, you can't reason with the logic that goes into those awards because it really doesn't make sense. I, I mean, Matthew Betts won that award simply because – he was in the media. His name was out there because he had 18 sacks. Otherwise, they wouldn't even look twice at him. If he didn't tie a record, he wouldn't have won that award. I don't know. It, it, it's kind of kind of weird and kind of scary. Let's go back and let's see what Charles built an agenda. So maybe we should go take a look at it. So this is kind of the great cup review. We've just done that, right? Uh, I know. I don't know. Do we want to re we just kind of reviewed the winners. They're just all Toronto guys. We've pretty much already done that. as you Yeah. 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 That, that was really a non-event. I'm really kind of disappointed in a few things, but so be it. What can you do? Green Day played one of the best halftime shows ever. I actually didn't watch it. I, I, I kind of went and I was doing chores at the time. And uh, I was outside working with my iPad. So I'm watching the football game. And then when the, when halftime, I put it down and got some work done and then came back and watched the game. So halftime show didn't mean anything to me. Uh, but it got fabulous reviews from just about everybody. I think, Charles, you... I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was going to say I'm not a Saskatchewan fan, but I was pretty happy that they renamed the MOP award uh, after George Reed because yes, I mean, he's he's been an icon in the CFL forever, so that was pretty impressive. I like that. Yeah. I do like that. So, yeah, that was a, definitely a good thing. Um there's a lot of people there that are coming down on the Grey Cup halftime show because Green Day was not, is not a Canadian band. Who cares? And, and I'm, I'm just like seriously, I want to listen. I want to watch the best football. I want to watch the best entertainment. I know that there's Canadians out there that are absolutely amazing, whether they're actors, whether they're singers, whether it's a band or whether they're football players. But there's so few that we can't keep repeating them. And I so, you know, and I heard I heard I heard Burton Cummings was all booked up that day, so he couldn't do it. So, well, he couldn't get his wheelchair down the ramp. So you could say, well, I'm thankful for that. Uh huh. The man, the man's like in his early hundreds. I mean, cut him some slack. Same with Ann Murray. Who wants to listen to Ann Murray? I mean, I didn't like Ann Murray Ever. back in the '60s. You know. It's just like, really? 
just we could have Justin Bieber or Nickelback, and it'd be just as ex- no, no, don't do it. Okay, don't do it. If it was enough, to enough. Me, if it was up to me, yeah. it'd be 15 minutes of silence and then kick the ball off for the third quarter. But yeah, I I, I don't know why we have this big long halftime. It it they extend the halftime. I hate it. It's cold. Like, yeah, and it's a half an hour, so it's like it's weird. It's it should just be a regular halftime. Have a pregame show if you want. Have a nice big pregame concert and have all the bands you want there, and then just like have a regular. I mean, the, the Super Bowls work. It's like an hour in between. But you, but you know, you know, I would go to more concerts if at intermission time they were going to have a football game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Well, I used to go to watch the fights and a hockey game would break out. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the good old days. <laughs> New West Bruins. WHL. Kids that want to play football. Okay, so next Uh thing up. Adam Big Hill and Dalton Schoen were activated for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers prior to the game. Should they have? Was that a mistake? Now, this is a two-sided sword for everybody, okay? This is it. You're you're playing for all the marbles at this point in time, and if you don't go out there, if, if you're not sore, if you're not hurting, if you're not tired then you haven't played the season. So everybody out there is playing hurt. Everybody out there is playing tired. Should you activate injured players to play? Well, Adam Big Hill, I understand, because this was his probably last kick at the cat. He should retire. Whether he does or not is another story, but he should retire. Dalton Schoen is a young kid. If you could throw him out there in this game right now when he's not 100% healthy, you could ruin his career. Yeah, I know it's important to win the big game. But was it worth it? We don't know what happened. We don't know what his problem was. But, you know, did, was it a mistake? It, 100% it was a mistake putting Dalton Schoen out there. Would I have put Adam Big Hill out there? Yes. But he he, he reacted and aggravated himself. He was hurting when he left. Yeah. When he was playing out there. Yeah. Uh, don't blame him. I you know, sh- shoot up my knee and send me back out. Right. Uh, that, that that was always my mentality when I was playing. It was like get me back on the field on the court. But I don't know. I don't I don't believe you do that to the young guys. I think Dalton Schoen should have rested. Adam Big Hill should have gone out and played football. My personal opinion. William, what do you think there? Um, I, I think you let the guy decide what he wants to do. And if he's not gonna if he's not gonna hurt your team, then you let him play. But I mean, did Dalton Dalton Schoen he had what, one pass or two? I can't it, remember. It was a non event. It was a non-event. Right, right. So to me, to me, he was just a, to me, he was just a uh, decoy. decoy. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but he's quite the decoy because you don't know if he's hurt or not, right? So um, Adam Big Hill, you know what? He's a he's a big dumb linebacker. He plays hurt all the time, and he's old, so he's been hurt before. 
you let him play too. I mean, it's going to be hard to keep these guys off the field in the big game. So, oh, I agree. You let them play. If, you let them play if it's not going to hurt the team. But once again, there's obviously the argument of you put in a totally healthy guy, and maybe he has the game of a lifetime. Who knows? Who knows? Especially when you're not looking for anything for him. Other teams don't cover them as much as far as receivers go. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, you, you you couldn't keep me out of a game, one of the important <laughs> games. No. I was in the national championship back in Ontario, and I dislocated my shoulder three times in the game before the rep kicked me out. It, there's no way. I just said, tape it up. Put me back in. Tape, tape it up. Yeah. Put it, Give me a shot. Put me back in. No. The ref finally had enough, and he, he made me leave. I understand the want, the will, the need to get out there and play. That's why coaches yeah. are supposed to be smarter. And people oh. don't realize, people don't realize that if you sprain your ankle in a game really bad, all you do is you don't take your shoe off, don't you sit on off. the bench for you sit on the bench for five minutes till it swells up, and then you can <laughs> run on it again, no pain. Hundred percent. You don't feel it. You don't feel it again till the next morning when you can't walk. But that's besides the point. The game's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you you don't take your shoe off ever. Ever. Nope. You'll never get it back on. That is correct. So. If if anything, you go in there before it swells up and have it taped up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Tape it up. Tape it up quick. <laughs> there you go. So, hey, whatever. But, yeah. So I, I, I think we've traveled these, that road. Yeah, you're not going to keep these guys off the field. Let's face it, okay? If they can play, they're going to play. So. Okay, now. I, it's not on the agenda, and I want to talk about it. What is your opinion of Chad Kelly's excuse for losing the game and not shaking hands at the end that he was concussed? That's it's embarrassing. It's convenient, and okay. I don't buy no, it. He didn't know it during the game. The spotters didn't see any hit to the head. Yeah. Okay. His coach, his training staff didn't know about it. His coach didn't know. In fact, the coach didn't know anything about it till he saw it on social media where Kelly was whining about having a concussion. And he's saying that he left directly after the game because he wanted to be sick. I go, yeah, that's because his performance was so shitty. He had to go puke. I understand that. Make me sick I would, too. I, I would go puke too. <laughs> He, he threw his whole team under the bus. He threw his coaching staff and training staff under, under the bus. Like, that's a conversation you'd have after the game. If he was that upset, he could have he could have called Dinwiddie the next day or that afternoon, like, after the game and said, hey, I have a concussion. You guys should have done this and this. But there's obviously no communication. And then to say it a week after, that's weak sauce. That's uh, – uh, it, it, Yeah. I, he, he, it took him a while to come up with this excuse. I don't know. Uh, do I believe that he was concussed? Absolutely not. And no. the way that he, the way that he presented this, uh, he wants to go down to the CF, uh, NFL and and try out down there. 
it not not now. No, you you can't throw your team under the bus like that, and you're not going to do it anyhow. You're a 30 year old quarterback. Nobody's going to look at you down in the NFL. It's just that's absolutely fucking ridiculous that even even think about it. It it, it is. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, Nathan Rourke has a chance down in the NFL. Chad Kelly does not. Um, and the other the other guy is. Brady Oliveira is going down to the U.S. to try out with the NFL teams. But again, his, he's got zero chance of making this. And it's not because he's not a good running back. He's a great running back in the CFL. He's probably the best running back in the CFL. His stats say he is. But it's a bigger field. It's a different game. And running backs mm-hmm. are dime a dozen in the U.S. Big, yeah, bold, bruising running back. Yeah. And he, he is a Canadian. Do you think the Americans are going to look at a Canadian running back when they got 28 of them in reserve right now? And no yard, no. And no, no yard off the ball. That's a big deal. Yeah. Right? You have to gain mm-hmm. every yard. So there, Brady Oliveira has zero chance of making it in the NFL for the simple fact that he's a Canadian. Number one, that's, that's the biggest thing, is they're just not going to give him the opportunity unless he was exceptionally better than anybody else out there. And he's not. He's good. He's great. But he's not amazingly awesome. Okay? I'm, I'm sorry. He's not. I wish he was on my team. Don't get me wrong. Okay? I, I, in fact, I would be happy with the other guy, Johnny Augustine. Okay? I'd be happy with any fucking running back on the Lions. But, but you know, he's, 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 he didn't set records. He didn't turn the league upside down. He didn't. Even if he did, I still don't think he would get a. No, I don't think so either. I don't think he would get a fair shot at it because he's a Canadian. If he was an American up here in Canada and did what he did this year, he might have a shot down there. He might have a shot down there. He's young enough and big enough that he could have done that. But being a Canadian, he's he's, he's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean even, look at even, even go ahead. I was going to say, in down in the U.S. in the NFL, they're into the big, bruising, strong running back. I mean, you see a team here and there with the smaller kind of scat bats. But he's not the type of running back that is going to have success in the NFL generally. They're look, they still like the big bruising run right up the middle running back. And, well, yeah, so Johnny, or excuse me. Uh, um, uh, and, well, yeah, uh, Brady Oliveira is a strong runner. He just doesn't have the build that's going to really get them any sort of major um, attention, I don't think. I, I don't understand why we don't the CFL, why don't go down there and find these 275 pound running backs and bring them up here. You need five yards on a run play. When you're a yard off the ball, it shouldn't be hard for these guys. The ratio spot though, eh? Is that why it's like a ratio breaker, right? Having a Canadian running back. How many Canadian running backs have there been in the history of the CFL in the last 20 years? Three. There's more. No, there's not. 
There's Cornish, Andrew Harris, and now Brady. <laughs> That's it. Yes, they're ratio breakers, but the biggest problem is that if they go down, you don't have anybody in reserve. Now, Winnipeg happens to have Johnny Augustine back there, but he's not a lights-out, amazing no, runner. Just, he's, not, he's, uh, a, he's, not a, he's not a power back. He's not, gonna, he's not a power no, back. No, he's not the guy they're looking for down there. No. no. So, I mean, that's what, to me, and it's the same thing. You're, you want your left tackle. I would... I would Give my left nut to, to see Rob Murphy back on the left corner of the BC Lions. Not not a Rob Murphy today, but a Rob Murphy back then. Because you need a big, bad, mean, nasty, ugly motherfucker to be your left tackle. And and who's on the right corner? Jason Amenis. That's when the Lions were dominant. We we don't have that domination in the league anymore. I don't know why you just don't go down there and throw a bucket full of money at these big, ugly guys. You need two big Americans on your own line, and you need a big American running back. And I don't care what your passing game is. Can I, can I comment on Chad Kelly? Because he didn't give us a chance. Oh, yes. Yeah, go ahead. No, of course. Um, how can I put this nicely? You don't have to. <laughs> It's our it's oh, let's talk CFL podcast. He's a, he's a pussy and he's a bitch. Okay, that's what I think. And I would have been better. I would have been happier with him saying, "Hey guys, I had the worst game of my life and I didn't want to fucking talk to anybody." I would be yeah. good with that. I could respect <laughs> that. That was I honest. Had, not I had a concussion. And, and, like, give me a fucking break. Are you a joke? And it's your guys' fault that I played that bad. Give me a joke. Yeah. Like, fuck. Like, like throw the whole team under the bus. I'm sure that offensive line's going to want to protect you next year. So, I don't know. It's pathetic. But, whatever. No, I'm you're really 100% a... accurate. Yeah. Pussy, yeah, pussy and a bitch. Sorry. And and it, it, like it, it just he kind of reminded me a little bit of Brandon Banks. Things doesn't go his way. He wants to sit down and cry. Well, you know, what are you gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Where are we in time? We've just gone through an hour. Can we talk some more about this game? What else is there? <coughs> Buck Pierce understands the Riders' interest in him being head coach candidate. So they say that they're shortlisting Don't go, Buck. They're, they're, they're not. We haven't heard anything from Saskatchewan about this, but the media is saying the shortlist is between Buck Pierce and Scott Milanovic. I honestly don't think either one of them should take the job, but that's just me. Well, uh, I thought Scott. Uh, what? Go ahead. I thought Milan maybe taking over in Hamilton, but that doesn't seem to be happening. Not yet. Well, <laughs> we don't know what's happening in yet. Hamilton right now. So, but will nope. Saskatchewan give give like Buck Pierce? Two, two to three years to, to at least get the 
team on the right track. You want to build a team? I would think it. I would think at least you two, would think so. Not enough. Two is not enough. Don't they have No, it's not. Yeah. Well, look at Chris of... Jones in Edmonton right now. He's two years into a four-year deal. Okay. If he only had a two-year contract, would he be getting it renewed? Not nope. after this year. And yet, I think Edmonton Eskimo or Edmonton Elks played an amazing second half of the season. It didn't generate the amount of wins that they wanted, but they sure improved a hell of a lot. They showed a direction that the team was going. Because they were, they were absolute, they were beyond a tire fire when Jones took over. They were stripped down and ugly. You, you don't rebuild that in, 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 in a year or two. I mean, look at what it took Mike, Michael Shea five years to get his team in order. Yep. Five years. He got, hired, he got hired in 2013, I believe. So it took him like two to three years to start making the playoffs. Yeah. So you can't expect miracles in two years. You can't. I'm not sure. But, I'm not sure if but they do in Hamilton. Yeah. I don't know if Buck Pierce has enough experience to take a team like Saskatchewan that's in turmoil and turn that around with all the pressure. And I, I don't know what the head off, like what the, it seems like there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen in Saskatchewan in management. I'm not sure who's making all the decisions, but I don't think it's a good situation for a young coach to go into. Milanovic, yes, he would command respect and be able to uh, dictate what he wants and what he doesn't want. I'm not sure Buck Pierce would get that same leeway. It any anybody that's coming up from the ranks of another team or from that team or another team doesn't have the experience to take a shattered team anywhere. The problem is, is the shattered teams are the only ones that need to change their staff. We've, we've said this before, very, very, very rare. Like Montreal Alouettes just won the Grey Cup. Jason Moss leaving? Who's going to replace Jason Moss next year? Well, he's not going anywhere. You don't get to take over a Grey Cup winning team. That happens so rarely. It's ridiculous. Unless you're Mike Benavides. Unless you're Mike Benavides. You just don't do it. I mean, Craig Dickinson took over an amazing Saskatchewan Rough Rider team and drove them into the ground. If, if Chris Jones had stayed in Saskatchewan, the Riders would have won the Grey Cup in 2019. You also have now a 40-year-old quarterback who's like will never be 100%. That leg's never going to be 100% at 40 years old. So I don't know Who, what you do with Trevor that. Harris. Yeah, I don't know what you do with him. You toss him down the road. You bring yeah. in McLeod Bethel Thompson. You bring in uh, Drew Brown. You bring in somebody. <laughs> Taylor Powell. Scott Milanovic comes over, he's bringing Taylor Powell over. Well, he's going to leave Matthew please. Schlitz and Bo Levi Mitchell in Hamilton and walk away. 
Trevor Bo Harris is only 37. Trevor Harris is only 37 years old. So he'll be 38 by next 30, year. Next year. Yeah. And that's too old. I don't think so. Well, his it is legs for him. Are, his injury. Yeah, but Trevor Harris never used Trevor Harris he, never used his legs anyways. He's a drop back passer. But he's never gone through an entire season without being injured. Right. So and you still gotta move around a little bit back there. Yeah, I know. But it's only a broken leg or what was it? What did he what was he hurt oh, from? It, it was bad it was a bad one. It was uh, something got like muscle got torn off and it was a break. It was not a good break. It wasn't like it wasn't a clean mm-hmm. fracture. There was No, it was a bad injury. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? In this day and age with technology, these guys can come back all the time. So he'll be back, don't worry. And trust well, me, they don't have anything they don't have anything better in Saskatchewan. They proved that this well, year. Maybe they well that was my point. Is they gotta bring somebody else in. Why they trade for Mazzoli? I hear he's durable. Well shut up. Mazzoli. Soon. Speaking yeah, of a no. guy who's got no leg left. Yeah. So which team, which team is going to spend a bunch of money on Drew Brown to make him their starting quarterback? Who, in my mind, is the jury is still way out on because, yeah, he played a couple of these games, but having a couple of good games during a season and being a full-time starter, two very different things. Oh, and just ask Jake Mayer. Um, Exactly. Jonathan Jennings actually had a good season. Um, One good season, that's it. Yeah, but at least it was a season. True. (laughs) Um, you've got three teams that need quarterbacks, Ottawa, Hamilton, and uh, Saskatchewan. And Calgary. Hamilton doesn't know Calgary. they need a quarterback. Calgary. Calgary. Is Calgary going to bring in Metcalf, Bethel Thompson? No. Is he going to bring in Drew Brown? No. They've, no. Al- they've already signed two other quarterbacks this year Yeah. to come to training camp. So. I know. So. Don't yawn. It's not that boring yet. Um, but yeah, Drew Brown. That would make that be interesting. If Buck Pierce goes, Drew Brown is going to Saskatchewan. If it's Scott Milanovic, Taylor Powell is going to Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's that's very impossible. Here's the thing, though, in Winnipeg. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I I was going to say that. if either one of them go to Saskatchewan, they're stupid. So, but, but we know that, right? I mean, I, I personally uh-huh. think that Hamilton has a much better upside than Saskatchewan does. So being the assistant head coach, offensive coordinator in Hamilton right now is a better position for Scott Milanovic. And honestly, if Bob Young had some balls, which he doesn't, um, 
I mean, they need an owner that's going to be tough. And that, that was the whole thing is that he's so wishy-washy. I honestly thought that this year when he brought on partners in the ownership of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I thought somebody was going to take over control of the team away from him. Not away from him, but he would relinquish <laughs> the control of the, of the team and, and, and demand, demand some football instead of me- mediocrity. Bob Young's okay with mediocrity. Yeah, he's too nice. He's, he's too nice. Of, he, don't get me wrong. I you love need the guy. The he's awesome. he, you, you need somebody out there that's going to say, you know what? You, you're fucked. You're not, you're not doing your job. Um, well, Hamilton. Hamilton Bob Young needs a hatchet, man. Yeah. They had their chance. They blew it. They had two home great cups in three years and to get out of the East, and they, and they, they blew it. So, well, they got into they got into the Grey Cup two yeah. years two years ago, right. didn't they? Yeah, they were at home in the yeah. Grey Cup. Winnipeg took they it did. from them. They should have won that game, but they didn't. Yeah, but yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Don't work for me. True, but you know it, it. It's right now. Somebody should say, Orlando Steinauer, you're fired. Orlando Steinauer, relinquish the head coaching job and go play. You know, president of vice president of football operations, or go, go move upstairs. Scott Milanovic, you're a, a great cup winning head coach. We need you coaching our team. We want to win the great cup. We want to win. We want to be dominant in the CFL. You be our head coach. Don't the, Oh no, we're going to let him interview for Saskatchewan. no, you say no right now. No, you cannot talk to him. He has got a position in Hamilton, and he's going to be our head coach. Scott, do you want to be a head coach in Hamilton, or do you want to be a head coach in Saskatchewan? He's going to go, I want to stay in Hamilton. Here's, here's a thought. Winnipeg right now is hosting the Grey Cup in two years. Caleros, in two years, I don't think we'll be, we'll be able to lead any team to the Grey Cup. So the Bombers are kind of in, in, in a tricky spot. I think Caleros can still play at a, a high level next year or a good enough level to win, but then you lose Drew Brown. So the Bombers have a tough decision to make. Or do they reload for uh, the, the 2025 Great Cup at home, which there's no guarantee that works out. But I'm sure they want a competitive team in two years when they're hosting the Great Cup. The scenario's not wrong, okay? Travis Lule, oh, we're going to let Mike Riley walk. Ricky Ray, we're going to let Zach Caleros walk. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, you always got to hang on. And, and what was that other guy? Anthony Calvillo had some rock star in the wings for a while, and he waited so long that he just retired. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I don't re- even remember who that was. I don't either. But it, it, it happens. You know, you're holding on to the, the past without looking towards the future. And, yeah, I know Travis Lule wasn't that old when Mike Riley was there. But, you know, and, and, but he had already had two shoulder injuries, one in college and one with the Lions. I mean, you've you got to read the writing on the wall. Yeah, but he had also just won MOP as well. A hundred percent. A hundred percent he did, right? Amazing quarterback. Love him to bits. 
Yeah, you're not going to ditch an MOP. No? What did Saskatchewan no, do not. to, uh, to uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, God. Who? Kerry Joseph. Kerry Joseph won the Saskatchewan. Kerry Joseph won a Grey Cup for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and they wouldn't renew his contract. That's because they thought Gary and Durant were the next big thing. I've never in my life had heard anything so stupid at the time or since. Dumbest fucking thing in football ever. Guy wins you a a Grey Cup and you don't renew his contract. I agree. It's funny as hell. Okay, let's snip over here and see what we've got on this agenda. Adam Schoen, or Adam Big Hill, Dalton Schoen, Buck Pierce, going over to head coach. I don't know. Who is going to end up head coach of the Riders? What's your guess, William? Um, um, <laughs> what's his name? The kicker. <laughs> John, John, John Ryan. Oh, John God. Ryan, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna be the he's gonna be the head coach. Going on begging for a job because, on Twitter because he'll Good be the grief. he'll be the he'll be the popular pick of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders because he's you know, not I only a Saskatchewan said. native. He said because he he's there. That's why. That's, that's why he right. get the job. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah he right. so like, he's uh, qualified you know to coach. From a bomber, oh, fan, punt on first down. Ahead. Please hire him. Please hire him. I'm 100% for it. Oh, fuck. What a bunch of bullshit. Um, I don't know. Maybe Buck Pierce. Maybe Scott Milanovic. Maybe uh, what's-his-name is also looking. They thought he would. Uh, Corey Mace. Corey Mace. Well, and, yeah, and they're uh, talking to Jordan Maximic, too. Um, and and Henry Burris, um, you know, fuck. Let's throw Bo Levi Mitchell's name in that ring too. He could be a player coach. <laughs> uh, Reggie Dunlop. You know, I I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, what's his name? Never got his chance at coaching. That 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 guy who. Won the uh, Grey Cup in 2001, Marcus Crandall. Okay. Marcus Crandall. Maybe I knew, you were, I knew that's where you were going. He is Maybe he could be the head coach. He's coaching, what the he hell? coaching Calgary somewhere. He's coaching somewhere. Is he? I, I don't something. think so. Yeah, he's coaching. Yeah, no, Marcus Crandall's so. a coach. He is. He's coaching. He's right coaching now. somewhere. Yeah, I don't know if he is or not. No, no, no. He is. I know he was somewhere for a little while, but is John Gregory still around? <laughs> I think he's dead. <laughs> All right, just asking. Still might be better than Craig Dickinson. I don't know. <laughs> he is the uh, uh, 
most recently the offensive coordinator for the Saskatchewan Huskies at the University of Saskatchewan. Oh, is he? Okay. Okay, there we go. That answers that. So, hey, maybe he is a University of Saskatchewan. He's right there. There you go. Yeah, but he's an offensive he's coordinator. Fun. He's not even the head coach there. Hmm. That doesn't seem yeah, to matter, uh, Saskatchewan. No, it does not. They were but, high on uh, Saskatchewan. He so was the quarterback's coach in Ottawa. So, yeah, you know. So, I even heard, what was the other, uh, June Jones' name come up once or twice. June Jones, yeah. Yeah, well, he I said heard that his he, name he come would up come back. He said he would come back. Yeah, he loved CFL. it here, apparently. Yeah. He, uh, he is not happy at all with the XFL. Well, maybe they'll give it to that guy that kept leaving tickets for Elvis. I didn't realize this, but do you guys realize? Oh, my God. Let's just add to his accolades. Do you guys realize Marcus Crandall has two great cup rings? Yeah. He got one of the backup, didn't he? Yeah, in 2007. Was that or something? No, Saskatchewan. Oh, there you go. Two-time Grey Cup champion. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Both against Winnipeg. Both against Winnipeg. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Marcus Crandall, the bomber killer. <laughs> Who isn't? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I'd 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 take a shot at being Saskatchewan's head coach. I'd enjoy that. Well, you couldn't do any worse than Craig Dickinson. Well, no, I probably would because I would I would I would still ban kickers from my team. Okay, so. Yeah, well, there's I mean, a merit to that. Yeah, there is. There is. Sorry, but yeah, who I, knows who's going to be. You know, it's the one thing I don't like about the CFL is why don't they bring in some young guys? Maybe with some new concepts and some new ideas. Where? Who? For what position? Head coach. Why would you bring in somebody as a head coach? Why don't you bring in a young guy and put him as a running back coach or a a defensive line coach or something and work him up to the system and do that? The problem is is they don't run the progression properly. I was going to say, but they don't even do that. They don't even do that. No, okay. because people get stuck in the job there, and they don't want to leave because the head coach won't is, is taking three or four hats. He's general manager, head coach, and offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's no viable line of progression for these guys to move. Right. I mean, shit, what was what – was, um, Dinwiddie in Calgary when he got hired as a head coach, running back coach or something for Calgary. Yeah. No, he was. No, never, he wasn't I don't think. No, no, I don't think he ever got higher than a quarterback coach. To be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I, I thought a quarterback coach he would was, be higher yeah. than a running back coach. Personally. He was never a coordinator. I know that. No, he was never a coordinator, nope. and all of a sudden no. he's a head coach. No. Yeah, well, Mike Riley was, or sorry, Mike O'Shea was a special teams coach. Come yeah, well, so was Craig Dickinson. Right. And so was uh, Jeff Reimold. 
<laughs> That's true, too. That's true, too. Okay, so, let's go on hey. to this uh, CFL um, uh, seven takeaways from the State of the League address by Randy Ambrosi, our illustrious oh, commissioner. God. Okay. We have to. CFL stat system still not ready. <laughs> what a fucking joke. Embarrassing, you know. met with the media on Tuesday for the annual State of the League address and touched on several items, most of which came with his typical upbeat messaging. Failure to launch. One of the prominent fiascos this season was the league's inability to implement their new stat system in conjunction with their much Bollywood partnership with Genus Sports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got nothing. There was never going to be a good time to launch a significant transformation. Yes, there is. It says, get it right first, then launch it. Yeah. Right? Get it working on paper, get it working on a mock-up system, and then implement it. You know what, guys? In any In any job in anywhere, that would be a firing offense. Oh, right. Oh, in a heartbeat. fired for that. In a heartbeat. You've had all this time, Absolutely. you can't get your website properly, you're gone. Yep. I used to do this. I used to change systems over, okay? And you had it up in a mock system, even if you had to have 20 different computers running to make sure that that was going to be stable, it was going to run, it was going to work, it was going to do what you want it to do. And then you put a bunch of idiots on there on those computers to see if they could fuck it up. And, and, and when they did, you went and fixed it. And you got it to the point where they couldn't fuck it up. And then, and only then, are you would entertain the concept of putting it in, out into the public. Whether it was a lawyer's uh-huh. office, an accounting firm. Can you imagine going into an accounting firm and upgrading their system and, and, and not working? For a year, yeah. for, a, for year? a year, you would get fired, and if you were an outside company, you would be sued. Oh yeah, hundred uh-huh. percent. And this, like, remember they before the season started, they had the they were touting this whole thing with uh, what was it, Genius or Genesis Sports, and oh, it's going to be the it's going to be so uh, innovative, and the stats are going to be amazing, and Blah, 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 blah. And then it turned into a nightmare, an embarrassment. And Big it's time. still not fixed. And we went through the entire season. And with no hope. Embarrassing. I don't know if it's going to be ready no. for next year. No, I have no confidence that it will after this debacle. It's a joke. And why haven't we heard about it constantly all the time? Like, it's ridiculous. But he plans on staying on the job as long as the commissioners want him. I can't believe the commissioners want him, okay? So he's he's not going anywhere. He's the fourth longest serving commissioner in league history. (laughs) I mean, they had guys 
like Jeffrey Orange and guys like Mark Cohan who did positive things and the and the Board of Governors got rid of these guys. And yet this guy here screwing up pretty much everything he touches and he's still around. It's ridiculous. Well, I can't believe they fired how, Jeffrey Orange. I cannot believe it. How I, 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 who wanted Orange nightmare. gone? Halifax, ever. nightmare. But who, but who wanted Orange gone? Like, why was he fired or did he quit? I forget. Oh, I think he went toe to toe with David Braley and lost. Yeah, he wanted the whole team. He wanted the whole teams accountable, and they weren't interested. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he held Saskatchewan accountable. That was during the Chris Jones era when he was doing all those stupid things and and and. Uh, and uh, and uh, the, the what do you call it the farming of the other team when pe- players were on contract? What is that? Oh yeah, he was he was housing them right. Yeah, it, that and and the fact that you can't go take a coach from another team that's still under contract and this and that and conflict of interest or whatever you want to call it. He put a foot down and said, "No, no more of this. You can't be doing this bullshit." Right? And 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 oh my God, you can't. You can't tell us that. You can't. You can't tell us that we have to play by our own rules. No, Jeffrey Orge was the best commissioner we had. He implemented the, the, the bona fide drug testing. He he implemented phenomenal TV contract with TSN. He he did everything right. And he was only here for what two years? Yeah. Two three years. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I went to the Halifax stuff on uh, Ambrosi because that's that's just Halifax. Oh Not yeah, but everybody else no, let it go. He keeps br- dragging this thing back up. I mean, these these the, the coals on this fire are not even embers, and he's stoking it. There's nothing left. I think the official word comes down in two weeks that they're done. Now he's talking about Quebec City. That's his next. Mm. Here we go again. So the, the first two rounds of the playoffs are expected to continue on Sunday or on Saturdays. It's a permanent move. Good. Okay. I liked it. Uh, personally, I want the Grey Cup on Saturday as well. That wouldn't bother me either. 100%. Give give Sunday a day of recovery and, and travel so that you can get back right. to work for Monday. So if you if you want to take if you most people could fly in Friday night and be there for a Grey Cup game or Saturday morning and be there for a Grey Cup game and fly back out Sunday and and do that. You don't have to miss a day's work. If you want to go in early and take in some of the events before, great. There are no events after the Grey Cup game except the party. Okay. So you want everybody wants the party. If you won the Grey Cup, if Winnipeg Blue Bombers won the Grey Cup, how many people would be calling in sick Monday morning because they're hungover or still drunk? Yeah. Okay. And on that's Saturday, you don't have that problem. Do you know if they used to have the Banjo Bowl on Sunday, and the first thing Wade Miller did was move the Banjo Bowl to Saturday, so that gives you know Bomber fans this. There's way more. There's a better atmosphere in the in the stadium on a Saturday compared to a Sunday. So 100%. 100%. What, what's yeah. the difference between that and the Grey Cup? 
I Honestly, agree. they're just I think, two biggest games of the year. I think the only thing you, you would do is you would just get the Canadian NHL teams to have afternoon games that day. And that's not a big deal because they usually play afternoon yeah. anyways. And I think you could probably get that done. You make it a celebration. You have all, you I, have I personally all think the NHL would just flip them the bird, but that's beside the point. Uh no, they've they worked the, with them before in, in other in other instances. They moved the Jets game back an hour or two hours on uh, the West Final. So, but I'm not sure how it would work lead wise. Toronto would probably be the issue. The Maple Police would probably be the the sticking. Wouldn't the NHL Police would probably demand to still play their night game. Yep. I saw something the other day that the average NHL team is worth $1.31 billion. The Toronto Maple mm-hmm. Leafs are double that, the most expensive team or most valuable team in the NHL at $2.68 billion. And they haven't won a championship since 1967. I wasn't in school when they won the championship last. I wasn't alive. I was not yet in school. I uh, I deal with a sales rep from one of my suppliers. He was there the last time Toronto <laughs> won the Stanley Cup. He was six years old. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And every year, every year, beginning of hockey season, he phones me and he says, "Will the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup this year?" And I just laugh at him, and he's hoping he can relive his six-year-old youth. And well, he's in his and he's in his late sixties. So, well, wasn't it like like twenty years before that that they hadn't won a Stanley Cup too? Didn't didn't uh, the tragically hip wrote a song about it? No idea. I think one of the players. One of the players. Yeah, died one of in the players crash, and they didn't find but his body that, until. They, they they won another Grey Cup or another Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup. Yeah. 50 Mission Hat or something it was called. Oh, what's going on here? Blogcock's what? making noises. Anybody get kicked out? No, everybody's here. Okay. Uh, 50 Mission Cap it was called. Billy Barreco. Yeah, nineteen fifty-one or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He disappeared on a fishing trip. The last goal he ever scored won the Leafs the cup, and they didn't win another one for nineteen till nineteen sixty-two, the year that they discovered his his body. Plane crash. Oh, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. The plane crash. Yeah, yeah it was, sure he was on a fishing trip and the plane crashed. Yeah. Anyhow. It's, you know you're pathetic when, when somebody writes a song about how bad you are. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Where are we? 
So, yeah, we're still at uh, Andy Ambrosi, Randy Ambrosi here. He's not going anywhere. He's sticking around. Lack of clear policy regarding injury news makes the CFL feel a little outdated. Leagues such as the NFL have much more compre- comprehensive and honest public injury reports. What, you mean like Michael Shea's not telling the truth? Even with the league looking to expand their reach into the gambling community and fantasy sports, Ambrosi would not commit to forcing teams to be less secretive. Okay. There, you should fire him right for that. Fisher cut bait. That's what they're talking about in Hamilton. He's got uh, one more kick at the cat in, in there, and he has a highly engaged, very qualified potential buyer. Owner, mm-hmm. sorry. I was going to say, what's he buying? Potential owner. I, I still don't know where they're going to play football. There isn't a stadium. The operations cap is not going anywhere. One of the more controversial moves the CFL has made in recent years is the implementation of the football operations cap that limits teams to spending just over $2.5 million on their coaching staff and personal personnel departments. Many feel the cap does not serve a worthwhile purpose, but it does not look to be going anywhere anytime soon. It was the fastest growing expense category in the league, and it was created creating a lot of tension with the Players Association. They saw the rapid rise in what we were spending in non-player personnel, and we felt that it was like that it was inequity. And equity? That's not a word. Inequitable. I know. I know what it should be, but that's not what it says. That needed to be resolved. I I don't disagree with them. I just don't think that a fired personnel should be included in the cap. You're preventing bad teams from getting better. There should be some type of one-time exemption or something every couple, every two years so you can get rid of a, a bad contract. Everybody makes a mistake or things don't work out. You shouldn't be handcuffed. You, you should be able to fire your entire staff. And if you have to fulfill their contracts or, or, or don't make the, the – the coach's contract's guaranteed, but you'll have problems with the labor relations board. Right? You get, you, if you have to pay out a contract, you pay out a contract. It doesn't go towards the cap. Let it go. Boom. It's over. That's the only way to fix that. If you're going to keep the cap, it has, that has to change. Hey, if you want to see the CFL finish the season earlier, you better hope that expansion happens. We play 18 games in 21 weeks because we have one team on a bye every week. You get to 10 teams, and we would end up playing 18 games in 19 weeks. If the CFL gets a 10th franchise, the Grey Cup would be played two weeks earlier, which also means avoiding the controversy such as playing games on Remembrance Day, as was the case last weekend. So was that really a controversy? No. I mean, I heard a we, couple of people complain, but mo- most people didn't care. We played games on Remembrance Day my entire life. Lots of times. Yeah. They, they just happened to be Sunday. Just people wanting to complain 
If people want to complain, pretend to complain about. That's all that. Because we moved the game to Saturday, Remembrance Day showed up. Next year, it's not going to be Remembrance Day, so it's going to be okay. But nine years from now, when it's on Remembrance Day again, are we going to get people bitching? Not if we have ten teams. Okay. Hamilton is hosting the second Grey Cup game in three years after previously hosting in 2021. But that was the league's Grey Cup, not Hamilton's Grey Cup, according to Ambrosi, who said the league took over operations of the 2021 event from the Tiger Caps. It was the right place to play the game, but they were still largely mirrored in the cloud of COVID. The Ticats and Hamilton did an amazing job of hosting with us, but it really wasn't their game. Oh, my God. He can't honestly believe his own bullshit, can he? He's saying that because of the vaccine mandates, Hamilton wasn't able to host a full Grey Cup experience, and that's why the league took it over. And that's why Hamilton got another kick at the cat right away. That's crazy. Crazy to host it in in that city three years apart. Two years apart. Two years apart. And then Saskatchewan. Well, actually, one year apart. And I've heard from several people that Saskatchewan, Regina was a nightmare. Just everything is, it's just not big enough to host. They don't have enough hotel rooms. No. And you know what? They keep nothing open. Guys want to go to the bar after the game or go out, and there's nothing open, even on Mm -hmm. Labor Day. We wanted to go, like, they're like, I don't understand what, what their marketing, like you have a huge event and nothing's open after the game, like on Sunday on Labor Day. It's like, man, like you have 5,000 bomber fans in your city, like open stuff up. I don't, I don't know. I guess there's, I, I can't the talk. I can't talk to the entire province of Saskatchewan, but the part where I was, it was beyond a religious experience and the the school was a catholic school and if you want if you weren't catholic you had to go to the public school which only had like 10 percent of the population okay the 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 baptist kids had to go to the public school and it was like a major ordeal because the the public school had no funding no nothing else because the catholic school was everything and I don't know, and, and, and they, they ruled the bars. The bars were restricted to certain hours, and it, was just, it would just went on and on and on about how archaic that experience was for me. I'd never seen anything well, that bad. They can't tailgate in Saskatchewan. Like, there's no tailgate. Like, there's the odd lot, but, I mean, you can't market it. because well, You, you can't do it in B.C. either. Okay, there is no tailgating in BC. You can't. No, do it. that's true. Okay, it, it, you're, the the stadium is in such a high upscale yeah. neighborhood that there is no facility anywhere around them that will let, yeah. they will allow that to happen. In fact, they but they used to have I'm, tailgating in the McDonald's parking lot. 
That's how pathetic it was. They had to actually go to the McDonald's parking lot. Which is a ways away from the stadium. Oh, yeah, at least a mile away from the stadium. And you had to go in and buy your food at McDonald's and bring it outside so that you could party in the parking lot. The worst thing for the British Columbia Lions is being in BC Place. Go build a 30,000, 35,000 seat stadium out in Surrey, Langley, Aldergrove. And you'll fill it every game. Every game it will be sold out. Every game. Because that's where the fans live. Anyhow. The next next thing here is up, up, up. The season saw legitimate growth in terms of fans in the stands and eyeballs on the television with the league touting significant growth in the three biggest and most unusually most problematic markets. Game day revenue in Toronto was up 40%. Growth in Toronto, along with increases in BC and Montreal, are paramount for the league's success, and this season seemed to to be a much-needed shot in the arm to all three marketplaces. Okay, so that's kind of much the end of uh, Ambrosi's uh, State of the League address. What do you think of it? I I think we should renew his contract for another 18 years. No, he should be commissioner forever. Uh, Randy, I mean, Randy Ambrosi, commissioner for life. Kind of like Edie Amin. Oh, speaking of, of, of uh, dictatorship, like uh, political figures, and I know this is a football show and we're not supposed to talk politics and everything else, but I was working today out of my own where, I, you know, you get to think about all sorts of different things. And <clears throat> it got me thinking long time ago when uh, Stephen Harper was Prime Minister of Canada and we had to remove him because of his uh, uh, fascist dictatorship-like trends and his selling out of the Canadian assets to China. So he had to leave, no doubt about it. I have no problems with that. And I'm, I'm a right-wing conservative, so, you know, that was my party, so to, so to speak. And I, I, I said, he has to go. The guy's an idiot. Get rid of him. Um, so we brought in this guy named Justin Trudeau. And, but we could get rid of him right away, right? It, just have him in for a short term, and then we'll get rid of him. And it reminded me a lot of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We really wanted them to be successful in 2019, and we got them in, and then we, it's okay, we'll just get rid of them. But then they just hung around and got annoying and arrogant and, and dictatorship-like and, and, and this dynasty and everything. So is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers the Justin Trudeau of football? How much shit am I going to get for this one? Oh, yeah. Please post, that on the, please post that on the group. That would be so much fun. Do you see the similarities? All, all, all the East states, the East that voted Trudeau in, they're the ones that they'll, they'll take offense to that. So you'll have fun with the uh, snowflakes. Oh, God. 
that there's no response to this. Okay, moving on. Mm-hmm. Have you got anything else on the agenda there, Charles? I, I've lost it. Oh, there it is. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers free agency list. Yeah, I don't know. Every team's got their free agency <laughs> list out right now. Uh, who's this Steve Richardson, and why is he called the stove? He's actually a really good defensive lineman, but he's been hurt. He's been yeah. here for like two years. How? But he's been How injured the whole time. How old is he? I'm not sure. He's 27. He's five okay, foot 11, 304 pounds. I thought I heard he was retiring, but maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong about that. BC Lions have signed seven players, including veteran defensive tackle Steve the Stove Richardson. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's not 30 years old yet. So, yeah. okay, well, if he ever plays football, <laughs> I was wondering why every time I see a picture of him, he's got a Blue Bomber uniform on because he's never suited up for the Lions. And he could be the he could be the key to the Lions actually trying to stop the run. Oh yeah, I understand that. Okay, well that's kind of a good thing. Uh nine takeaways, Randy Ambrosi state of address, state of the league address. We've done that. Buck Pierce out of Big Hill, Green Day. Recapping the big CFL winners. Okay, let's go over there because we got... Oh, I, I guess I should go over to Sparky's thing. I forgot all about Sparky's thing. Okay, so here we have it. On the MOPs, uh, everybody picked Kelly to win the MOP. We, everybody got one point there. Everybody picked Betts to be uh, the defensive champion uh everybody picked brady Oliveira to be the uh most outstanding canadian everybody got a point there uh everybody picked uh, yoshi for uh lineman jamarcus hardrick and we all lost that one because it went to this allen guy in toronto um William's the only one that picked the Toronto leaky guy for the uh, special teams guy. Everybody else picked Sean White because it should have been him. And then everybody but Charles took Stigger in Toronto. You you took the gray guy for uh, rookie of the year from Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And uh, coach of the year, uh, Charles and Rudy picked Dinwiddie, and uh, CJ and Will went with O'Shea. Personally, I think it should have been O'Shea, but that's beside the point. Um, Okay. So coming out of this battle, where did it go? He didn't – okay. Will got a total of five. Rudy got a total of five. Charles and CJ got four each where the points came down. On to the Grey Cup. Uh, final score was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 24, Mo- Montreal Alouettes 28, a total of 52 points. Charles, you took Winnipeg. 
you had a score, and you picked 49 points, so you had a score of 36. Will, you took Montreal yeah, at 28 points. Well, you went really low. You got 24 points in the diff and 100 points on your score. Okay. No, you're 24 points differential, and you got zero for that. So you got 100 points flat. CJ went 28 for Montreal. I got 134 points. And Rudy picked Montreal. He was off by minus four. He got 34 points. So what happened was, the Grey Cup game, Rudy, you got 34 points. Will, you got 100. Charles got 36 and CJ got 134 points. Unfortunately, that really didn't change much. What well, actually it did, it flipped Charles and Will. So Rudy won with 410 points. Will, you had 338. Charles, you had 330 points. And CJ was at the bottom with 306. That um, Homer pick for the BC Lions was what really hurt you and I, Charles. Yeah, it was. But I'm not picking against the Lions. Doesn't make sense. <clears throat> okay, so that's it. That's the, all of those wins and everything else. Sparky has finished for another year. Thank you very much, Stephen Sparksman. Appreciate you taking care of being our stats guy here. Okay, so now where? Apparently, we'll, we'll, apparently he was the only stats guy in the CFL this year. <laughs> Yeah, no one's running the website. Sparky, send them a send them a resume. Maybe they need you can get a job. Someone's got to take care of this crap. He's he's fully vaccinated. Don't okay. you start? Don't start. <laughs> but it's a true story. I know it is. Okay. I know it is. Make that go away. Uh, make that go away. I'm trying to find what what we we're supposed to talk about next because there's really nothing left in the agenda. We're finished that. Where was I going to go before I went to Sparksman? We don't know. Oh, the big winners in the awards? Well, we just kind of did that. Yeah, I don't, never mind. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. Okay, let's go over to CFL News. Nope, nothing there. Facebook, nothing there. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, what time is it? Five minutes left in the show. What do you guys want to talk Five about? Five minutes Anything left. What are we going to do? Say good Maybe we should talk about, is this the last show before, is this the last show of the year? Or not? Well, I, I I don't have a problem with that unless something happens that we really get to talk about. But I don't know if there's enough to do an entire two-hour show. I, I don't think, I don't think there is between now and like sometime in well, January. I, there I mean, might be a couple things going well, on, but Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to hire, hire a coach. Uh, they're going to hire a coach. Each team is going to hire some players to, to get rid of what's left of their salary cap for this year, you know, put their bonuses in before the new year. And, and that's about it, you know? Mm-hmm. 
the only way that we could find something to talk about is if Randy Ambrosi actually gets an owner for ha- Halifax, and they come up with this yeah. huge massive plan on 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 how to build a stadium or how how to play a football team without a stadium. Yeah, don't hold your breath. No, I'm not holding my breath on that one, Charles. Not going to do it. Okay, you so this is going to you. Yeah. Okay. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you, you think he's actually going to have a plan, or he'll no. just wing it, like like he did the stats thing. Well, I don't I don't know if it's his responsibility for the plan. If I was a billionaire or, you know, a multimillionaire or whatever, and I was about to put all my money into opening a, a football team with no stadium and no fan support and really no sponsors, um, I, I would have to have a really good plan in place to do that. Otherwise, I might as well just burn my money. So I, I don't think that, the, that whoever this is has to be smart enough to know that he can't rely on any plan that Randy Ambrosi has. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So um, here, here we have it. We're, we're in November. We're shutting down the show early. Uh, this is the, we got to do this quickly. So this is the 21st, the last, uh, weekend in November is the 28th. Then we do all of December. We shut down. We always shut down all of December. Oh, I, I'm mm-hmm. reading this wrong. Anyhow, this is the 20th. So the 27th we're missing. We shut down all of de- uh, December and we're going to come back on the 10th of January. The 3rd of January is the first Wednesday, but that's too close to New Year's. So we're, we're going to come back on the 10th. Fair enough. Are you good with that, William? Yep. Okay. I am so. Yep. Works for me. So we're going to have like a good six weeks off here. No football talking for six weeks. I mean, we can talk amongst ourselves on the thing, and if we anybody really wants to put a show together, we could do that. But I don't really see there's going to be that much to talk about. Agreed. This is the end of the sh- end of this show, so I'm going to have to call it off because we got one minute left. This has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 557. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. Thank you very much for putting up with us for another season of football. Uh, I love it. I love talking football. I love talking with my buddies here. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a great thing. And now we're going to take six weeks of holiday and uh, regroup in the new year. 40 seconds left. Rudy, say goodnight. Night, everyone. And uh, congrats to the Alouettes on a uh, magical run to uh, the Great Cup. It was so. Charles. Good night, everyone. Thanks. Uh, It's been a fun season, and uh, we'll talk in the new year. William, say good night, my friend. Good Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening, and go Owls. Go Owls. Yeah, they did it. We got Marcus (laughs) Brandon in there a lot tonight. Okay, good night. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, good night.